Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's your girl Chrissy, and you are here back with another Sundays with Chrissy. This week, I want to discuss the importance of growing up in a non-infectionate family and how we can impact your parenting. Um, it's something that I keep seeing all over social media. A lot of moms are talking about. Um, for me personally, I would say I did grow up in that family that was not affectionate, and they're way of showing affection was the affection they knew. You seen aunts sleeping with each other's husbands or boyfriends. You seen um children from for one, we grew up with cousins that were foster cousins, but we didn't care they was foster cousins. We didn't even know they were foster cousins. They were treated like family, but they was also treated like family. And if you grew up in a family where family just treated family like shit. You definitely understood what I meant when I just said that. Um, for me, I have always been, I want to say, will be considered over-affectionate. And I did not get a lot of that affection back. I was considered more the child in the way. And I didn't get that from my mom. Let me make this very clear. My mom had us in her 20s. Um, my older sister at 20, me at 21, the sister under me at 22, and my baby sister at 24. So my mom was still fairly young. Um, all I remember about my mom all the time was when she was working and when she wasn't working. And when she wasn't working, she would have on some um, Christian Dior boots or some uh, <laughs> Louis Vuitton boots or some brand of snakeskin boots leather jackets. My mom was a fly girl. It was nowhere to sugarcoat it. She loved her bangles. She had her bamboo earrings. Her ears were pierced. The nose ring. She either had her hair grown out long or she had brought a badass shortcut. She was a fucking baddie. So, my mom to me was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be me. Had the long legs, so I know I was gonna grow up having long legs. They are attention-seeking legs. That's what I'm going to call it. Long legs are attention-seeking legs because you can't hide them no matter what you do. Um, so my mom was like that. My dad was very Southern. He from Savannah, Georgia. So, you know, for him, he was, everything was sweetie this, sweetie that. He treated me like a sweet little girl even when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. To this day, he still talks to me like I'm the little six-year-old little baby girl he had. <laughs> I love that. I love that for me. But I wasn't always receiving, like, affection love outside of my parents. So I knew I wanted to mimic the love to my children, how my parents loved me, if you catch my drift. And so when I constantly see people saying, oh, my God, I don't know how to be affectionate or loving to my kids because it wasn't shown to me. And it's and it's true. Trust me, you can grow up in a a non-infectionate family, and it's the first thing you want to do is either you don't want to repeat that cycle and pass it down to your kids, or it will happen. So for me, <clears throat> the only thing I, I ruined with my kids, I let them cry too damn much. Too damn much. But I'm fine with the over-affection. I'm fine with the constant loving. Now, when they know they're in trouble, they always want to, oh, give me hugs, give me a kiss. Like, no. Let's not let's not use that to our advantage now because, you know, you're in the wrong. And that's what my kids will do. They'll try. They'll be in trouble and doing something they weren't supposed to do. And it'd be the smallest shit, like pick your toy up. Now they're crying because I said pick your stuff up. It that kind of thing. But as far as over, I will say my kids can, and I will not take this from them. They can say they felt like they did not grow up 
um, with a two-parent household that was affectionate enough. Because that was one of the things that I argued about a lot with my ex-husband was like, no, they're going to cry. They're kids. They're supposed to cry. You're supposed to figure out what's wrong. You don't supposed to act like you don't hear or ignore or you get mad because they're crying. And it's because there could be something wrong. Now, granted, we all know kids. And kids can cry because they was eating a cracker and a piece of the cracker broke. Now, let's be very clear. I'm not talking about that kind of... That's that's annoying. Like, let's be very clear. We, we I'm not talking about spoil you and enrich the annoying cries for for nothing like my son was like oh my god i lost my on my game either you're going to accept that you can lose in a game or you're not i'm very blunt with my kids i'm very direct with my kids i don't want them to ever think that i'm going to ever should cool life with them but i'm also highly affectionate with my kids i want my kids to know deep down mommy's gonna give you kisses because mommy love you mommy's gonna give you hugs because mommy love you mommy's gonna talk to you and understand you because mommy loves you but what i'm not gonna do is also be with the bull crap when it comes like certain things like i'm i love you but don't try to make me like oh you're such a bad mom because i said go to bed that's every night you're so mean because i said go to bed honey if you want to stay up that's gonna be on you because guess we're gonna go to sleep me, I'm going to go right to sleep. So, yeah, you're going to have those kind of kids. But then you have the ones who, <clears throat> they truly just never, never had an affectionate parent. And I'm talking about, I'm 34. So when I seen friends of mine who grew up like that, where they were physically and verbally and mentally abused, because that, at this point, that's what it was. It was... <clears throat> It was abuse, and it was there's no way to sugarcoat it. And then you see them trying not to repeat the same things, and then you see some who do repeat the same things. It's hard. It's very hard, and there's no way to really get around saying, oh, oh, I didn't know. Because when you're immune to it, you don't know. So you can't say, oh, a person knew how they were treating someone. A person knew what they were doing. A person knew this or a person knew that. You can't say that. If you've never been in that predicament or in that situation, because that's the hardest thing to overcome, the hardest thing to live through, and it just can happen. So when I see that on my timeline and someone was like, oh, oh, you bitches need to seek therapy. There are people who have. And you got to think about it. And if they didn't get therapy until they 23, 24, 25, shit, some don't get it until they 40s and 50s. You can't be upset with them because they're saying, I don't know how to be affectionate to my children. Not everybody was making kids just to, because they wanted kids. Some people were just having adult fun and then things happen. Let's not forget that. You know what I'm saying? So, I seen somebody, he was just like, oh, I'm so sick of bitches having kids. And they uh, the first thing they say is, oh, I don't know how to be affectionate. They don't. They probably were just having sex because they thought that was a form of infection and they didn't realize they were just something they was using to cope with whatever else that could have been getting treated by therapy. And dick isn't always therapy. I ain't saying it ain't good. I just said it isn't always therapy. So don't try to twist my words when I'm saying that. So, defining non infectionate upbringing. What does it mean to grow up in a non-affectionate family? You know, like what are common characteristics and effects you've seen? And I'm trying to tell you, I've seen it. 
I have grown up in that family. Should I have grown up with, with whether it was siblings, they I was living, oh, you think you're better than us because you live in this way. Baby, we live in the same life. We just got different parents. We got the same mother, different fathers. So everybody upbringing is not always be the same, especially if y'all don't share the same biological parents. You only share one parent, which in the South, they consider half siblings. Up North, oh, that's my brother and my sister. Nobody calls, nobody half anything. When you come down South, that's when you start hearing half this, half that. And you don't realize how sometimes, and I'm talking about, I've watched my mom make sure that she made sure we all had the same amount of stuff equally, even dressed us alike. And I hated that shit with a passion. Girl, I don't want to dress like them. And I was bones, okay? I was skin and bones for a, up until I was like 20, 21. Shit, even if they had Morgan, honestly, and Kayla, I was still under 130 freaking pounds. So I was still pretty small. Now I'm at 190. Mm-mm. And I don't like that. It gives me a little plush back there, but it get plush everywhere else. And I don't like that. So I'm back on my fitness journey. Because <laughs> I don't like it. But, um,. As far as, yes, if you don't see it, sometimes you could be the only child. So only children, a lot of times they don't see it. And I won't say that they're never seen it because that's that's false. But a lot of times they haven't seen it. Like if I was speaking hypothetically or theoretically, I am an only child on my father's side. But as far as on my mother's side, I'm the second of four girls. But they would have always considered, and they have always considered that I had a better upbringing because I had my father's side who made sure of that. But it's not true. You don't know how I was treated on that side of the family. You know what I'm saying? So I always grew up as in, and people always say, oh, I hated that we grew up seeing what happens in the home stays at home. I grew up like that, and I raised my children like that. The only thing I tell them to talk about is, is when the laws, when it comes to molestation, rape, or abuse. That's something that don't stay in the home. That's something you report. But as far as everything else, yes, keep it in the house. Keep it in the house. Because for what? People be wanting to know your business. They don't give a fuck. They just want to know the business. They need something to spread. I was telling the, um, my friend the other day, I said, one thing about me, on every grapevine, I done told the lie. So by the time y'all get together, y'all the lies are so much, y'all don't know what to believe. Believe it all. Because y'all was going to make up a story anyway. I just helped y'all by dropping some gems on the, on a grapevine. Every grapevine, I, I dropped a gem on. And you can call it a gem. You can call it piss. You can call it shit. Whatever you want to do, it it doesn't matter. And it's the same way like that growing up in a non-affectionate family. My mother's brother... They had the same parents, mother and father, and this man hated my guts. So, the family that loved and like, and I mean, adored this man. Whatever he said goes. So I always knew it was always gonna be them versus me, and I was fine with that. I learned that very early on, and I'm talking six, seven years old, and I was always fine with that. So whenever they try to come into my life. I spill and piss because they're going to spread the shit. In my town, somebody who knows me here, they said, well, who the hell told you that? They don't even know where it came from because they didn't add their own little lie to it so bad. So when my time to get to me, they're like, I don't know who said that. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Bitch, I know who said it. <laughs> so, yeah, that can happen. I have four kids now and I want to make sure all four of my kids are treated. Even if one is better than the other. 
I still want them to know that affectionately I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to give them all the kisses, all the hugs, all the joy in the world because I'm their mother. And I need them to know that no matter how small a village is, I'm your huge village. And I can only be a huge village by myself. But you have other relatives you can go to if need be. My kids are like me. They can smell the bullshit a mile away. They can tell when the motherfucker fake or phony. They don't want to be involved. They don't want to be around it. And that's truly the best way to be. That's truly the best way to be. When you come from a huge family, and I'm talking my family is huge on both sides. My children's family is huge on both sides. You you can, if you can't start spotting shit a mile away, always say, oh, they say um, babies and, and animals uh, tell you something ain't right before you know it. A lot of us got that spirit in us that we either ignore it or we don't. I ignored it for someone that I have grown up to love since we were kids. Because I just didn't, I couldn't believe it until it was in my face. I had no choice. So it was a shocker, but I just moved myself. I'm quick to remove myself from a situation rather than a state because that's just me and that's what I prefer to do. So you have to understand the same thing. Sometimes you'll just be that family member that's in the way to them and you won't receive that affection. Or you'll be the parent of the the new parent that will raise your children to know what it's like to be loved and loved on. So they're not chasing uh, the young girl, chasing the grown man or the, the young guy, chasing after the young girl or the older woman because he didn't he need got mommy issues or he just into younger younger girls or things of that nature. So the impact of parenting when it comes to growing in a non-factional family, I always tell people, well, how do you think it affected your parents? And how does it affect how you're parenting your children? So, like I said, if you grew up in that family and things were on the abusive side of things, what would you do differently? Now, me personally, I do feel like I need to find out how to become that strict parent that my mom was. My mom was strict compared to my dad. He was more how I am, lenient, you know, as long as things aren't bad, spend money, you know, that was my dad. But my mom was more what my dad probably should have been. She was like, no, y'all got to set bedtime. Y'all got to set dinner time. And when we became teenagers, she was like, I don't want to be so strict on y'all how I was because I don't want y'all to start thinking that y'all have to run to the streets. And I, and my mom was always willing to be like an open book and talk to us and be very understanding. Even when we would be a little crazy, I never forgot what time. I, was, I got so mad at her because she had told me something. And I was like, why didn't you been tell me that shit? I would have been fucked him up. So, <laughs> And she was like, see, because I didn't want that reaction. But my mom knows me. She So she knew if she would have been told me this when a person was alive. Things would have just been differently. I would have felt good about it. I wouldn't even been mad about her or anything, but I would have definitely, you know, did what I had to do. So, you know. <laughs> but I feel like um, if you grew up in that household that you felt like you don't want to be the repetitive parent, I, I truly believe that people won't repeat cycles. Even if it's happening and you can see it happening, sometimes people don't even realize it's happening because... It was all they've known. So now, because it's all they know, they don't know any better. But I've also seen people who grew up in a loving, affectionate home be the opposite. Um, just 
Some people prefer to be a stereotype. You ever see somebody who is able to get off their feet, I mean, get on their feet and really get their shit going and really become where they said they were trying to get and they still refuse to go because they're complacent. Some people just become complacent in the lifestyles they have, whether it's, it's being a bum, no offense, but it's a fact. Being a bum, uh, staying on public housing or um, continuously sleeping with random people or um, that they're, you know, jumping from partner to partner just so they can hit desk what they consider stable homes. And that's what they call hobosexuals. Like this dude is a hobosexual. Any person that's going to open their door and let him stay there. So those are the kind of things that people are doing because it's, it fits them. <clears throat> Oh, I don't have to worry about paying bills here because I don't really live here. I'm just staying here. But I can go anytime I want to. But if the person that's who paying the bills there fall behind, you can't help them or you choose not to help them. Or um, some people are repeatedly moving in new partners because, well, I don't pay bills here. You know, I'm, they might be on Section 8 or they rent is zero dollars or something like that. Or they got like very low rent and, or, and they very promiscuous. It's, all of those things happen. But you understand if you have children... And you're living a certain way. Your children are seeing your actions repeatedly. What do you think that's gonna? What do you think that's gonna go do for them? If you're constantly with a new person, you're constantly from house to house. You're constantly doing. What do you think that tells? Do you explain to them? Because for me, I'm real big on explaining before I do stuff. Like my kids, I was like, I don't know, I might lose a job. They was like, Are you gonna get fired? So my kids are very inquisitive, so I got to explain to them, like, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. And I try to make sure they understand because I don't talk to them, like I said, in a very sugar-coated way. I'll, I'll be very direct with them so they can understand because at the end, life tries to sugarcoat shit. And I don't want mine growing up like that. So to other people, my kids be, oh, my God, your kids are just so, oh, no, they're they're direct. They're not rude. They're not anything. They're direct. They understand directness. They don't understand sugar-coated shit because mama don't sugarcoat shit. So there's that. So if you're talking to my children, you're gonna you have to talk to them as if you would talk to an adult because <clears throat> you can't sugarcoat shit to them. Because I won't sugarcoat shit to them. Plain and simple. Um understanding of being over affectionate and the behaviors. I get overstimulated, but I love my kids. Now, listen to me. I'm going to repeat it again. I get overstimulated, but I love my kids. A lot of times, I just want to rest and relax because I'll be tired. If you personally know me, then you know I bust my ass every fucking day. It's no way to sugarcoat it. I bust my ass every day. So the moment I can get some kind of rest in, I just want to rest. And my kids will see me close my eyes and they'll be like, Ma, 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 ma. And I'm talking about, they say it just like that. Ma, 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 ma. And they love the episode of Stewie doing that shit to Lois. So the moment they see me laying down, how low it was, and I'm talking about, they don't stop, they don't let up. They'll do the whole scene. They'll be like, What? What do you want? They'll be like, Hi. They laugh. They do the whole shit. It pisses me off. Something crazy. And I be and the petty in me be like, damn, you can get them kids back. They do, you know, do the same shit to them they do to you. But the smart in me know goddamn well you do not wake no sleeping kid up. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning. They just went to sleep. I must stay up for an extra hour if my body will let me. 
and I'm going to get my me time. Do you hear me? Me going to work is my me time. And me going to get my me time when the kids are asleep is my me time. But if I want to take a quick nap because my body was like, all right, it's time for you to take a nap. I just don't want my kids hitting me with the lowest and stewy thing. I wish you all could see that they do it. And my daughter, Kayla, is like the trigger girl for it. Because all she got to do is see me with my eyes. And say, Mom, and if I don't respond, she'll come up, lift my eyelids up, and she'll start. And then the boys follow right behind her. And I just like, oh, my God, they're about to start this shit. Now I'm about to be up. And I'm about to be cranky. And they're going to call me mean because I'm tired and I'm cranky. Because they are young, so they don't realize what being overworked, tired, and cranky is. But that's kids for you. Don't rush it if you ain't got it. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-mm-mm. You got to understand, get down to the root of the behaviors. A lot of our parents that were born in like the 60s, 70s, because my mother was born in 68. They didn't know what it was to become a parent until they became a parent. And half of them didn't realize what being a parent was until their, ch- their children were Almost teenagers or already teenagers. Because my mom grew up very sheltered and very in a very strict household where my grandfather believed in abuse. It was no whooping, it was what it was. He abused my mother. Probably her siblings. We don't discuss them because it ain't my business. But when it comes to my mother, absolutely. It was traumatizing. So my mother grew us up going to therapy. While she went to therapy for herself, she went to parenting classes. She went to therapy for her mental. My mom was real big on therapy, and she wanted us to do the same thing. So we started in therapy very young. And I'm going to always talk about that because I'm always appreciate that because my kids see therapists also. Of course, their behaviors don't come up. It's more so just one baby, but a lot of people, once you get down to the source, like, have you ever just sat down and be like, why you used to be mean to us growing up? Some people don't even ask their parents that because they don't give a fuck about them. But if they did, I, I would I would suggest they should. And that's just the honest truth. Like, if you be like, you know what? I want to know why my mom was mean or why my dad was mean. Or if you grew up with your grandma because your mom or dad wasn't around. Like, why my grandparent? You got to ask those why questions. Because some people just don't realize how they are. They really don't. And navigating parenting and, you know, that's non-affectionate, it's, it's not easy. It's hard. You're faced with parenting over-affectionate children because you don't you don't know them kind of questions. And then when your kids ask you questions, you repeat the same cycle that you were up in with. Oh, don't ask me no shit like that. Why can't they ask you those kind of questions? Now, when my kids repeatedly ask me the same question I answered, okay, I'm not answering the question. But I, I'm very big on explaining to them. And my sister's I'm like, you better than me. You always explaining, to, explaining yourself to your kids. I'm like, these are my kids. I pushed out these three, and I had one sliced out of my stomach. So when these kids ask me questions, I'm going to talk to them. Why? Because I don't want my kids going to the streets and thinking that's where they're going to get their information from and going to get knowledge from. You're going to gain knowledge from any environment you're in. Is whatever you take out of the things you learn and how you take it. Drop my makeup brush. 
But it's is is it's just the facts. You can't. I don't let my kids go over people's homes for a reason. I don't know. I don't know how your house is, and I don't want you treating my kids better than you be treating your own kids. Because now your kids don't like my kids. Like now the baby's up. He said, "Hold up. I know that's not my mama." Hey, handsome. And my kids is mommy's babies. They follow me every which way they can. <clears throat> you had to cultivate your emotional intelligence. You have to find ways to help your children understand, regulate their emotions in a healthy manner. <coughs> I only struggle with that with one, and that's my two-year-old. But he's learning. He's definitely learning. And as long as I keep the environment loving, as long as I keep the home affectionate, the home warm, the home environment is where it all starts and where it's going to always end. So even if it contrasts with your upbringing, don't repeat the cycle. Make your home a safe space. I can cross my leg. Say hi. Say hi. Let me kiss. Oh no. <laughs> so this episode will be featuring Linux today. Say hi. <laughs> Whatever. And you know. I feel like it's important to model the affectionate behaviors and communicate with your children and those in your family that you want, that you want. So if you want your children to grow up or your children are already affectionate, you have to get them in that environment where they can be affectionate. You have to get them in an environment where they can be loved on them and have an open voice and be able to talk to you. And again, these are my opinions. This is how I feel because it's how I run my household. I just don't like my kids be crying for no reason. <clears throat> What you about to start for, Benny? I'm about to finish up. So, reflect on your journey as par- of parenting and your opportunities for growth as it presents. And always continue to try to build that home environment that you want, that you wish you grew up in. Because if you know you didn't grow up in that home environment, then create the home environment. This is your girl, Chrissy, and you are tuned in with Sundays with Chrissy. Um, I wish you all a happy, happy, beautiful week. Many blessings, many things. Last week was Super Bowl. And the week before, I had a very racist encounter with a neighbor. And I do mean racist encounter. Um, so, yeah. February always seemed to start off that way. <laughs> I don't ever talk on Super Bowl Sunday because at the end of the day, I am always tuned in. Um, this is not sponsored by the NFL, so I would not be promoting that. Because right now, I would have loved to have been in Indianapolis at the All-Star Weekend. Uh, I'm a basketball girl. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wish you all an amazing time. Um, if you haven't had any blessings poured into you, do not worry. Speak it into the universe because it will happen. If you are spiritual, you are a manifester, it will happen. Speak, speak all your blessings into the future. And continue to live and the way you want your blessings to happen because it will happen. If you're living that way, if you're speaking that way, it will happen. So you all have a great, beautiful week. May you continue to receive the blessings. And if you have not received them, may your blessings pour into you soon.
Have a good one. Bye.